This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network. I want to introduce you to a guy David Barton absolutely loves. We've had him in. He's a state representative in Oklahoma doing everything humanly possible to stop Common Core in the uh, Sooner State. He is wisely getting out of politics. He's a, a pastor, and he found his calling in uh, teaching using real history of the original Black Robe Regiment. He wrote a book. He produced a DVD. It's really well done. Um, it is something that I think every homeschooler uh, and, quite honestly, every church uh, should be using as a teaching tool. It is called the Black Robe Regiment, and uh, Dan Fisher is with us now. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, Glenn. I'm fine. Thank you for having me on your program this morning. I, I know that you have, um, uh, you're have you a little worn out by politics uh, in Oklahoma, <laughs> where uh, I, I'm amazed. You would think in a state like Oklahoma, uh, things wouldn't be as bad as they are. But what you went through with Common Core is just remarkable. Well, it was unbelievable, Glenn. Unfortunately, in Oklahoma, like in so many places, folks, campaign as conservatives, but once they get there, they begin to cave to the pressures, they begin worrying about getting reelected, and they begin to compromise their principles. But you know what, Dan? It's not even that they, um, it's not even when they get there. I mean, look at what we have done. Look what our churches have done in the last year. They have, we, with the reason that our our faith is going to come under attack um, and we're going to lose uh, our privileges, uh, possibly, uh, under a Clinton administration, they are willing to sell their principles and basically say what George Bush said when he bailed out the system, I have to betray the free market system to save the free market system. I have to, I have to betray my principles to save my principles and my faith. It doesn't work yeah. that way. And, and no, people, don't, people don't understand that yet. No, they don't. You know, I heard years ago that opinions are things we fight for, principles are things we die for. And I, I think that's a pretty good rule to live by. So uh, I was reading, uh, I think it was John Adams earlier this week, and he said the real revolution in America happened years before the Declaration of Independence. And it happened in the willingness to think out of the box, think differently, to teach principles and live them at the house and in the churches. How are we going to start that again? Well, that's definitely a tall order, Glenn. I think, I think the beginning is that we solidify our own bedrock principles, know what we believe. You, you preach this all the time on your program. And then secondly... We have to become students of history again, especially when we talk about the Black Regiment and what the Church was doing up to the signing of the Declaration, and then, of course, the inevitable clash with the British that came from there. We have to go back to that time, and I realize that not everything will transfer to the 21st century, but the principles will, and that's what's critical. 
tell me about um, uh, how popular, I mean, looking back at the Black Robe Regiment, our churches are not what they were now. Our churches were the, they were the, uh, in many ways, the entertainment center of the community (laughs) as well. You know, that was the only place you could go hear really people in the average community. You could hear the news from the pulpit. You could, you could, um, uh, you know, kind of get almost your entertainment and your, your, your whole culture was around the church. It's not like that. Um, I think the churches have betrayed themselves so much, especially with the millennials, that they don't see, they don't see anything in that anymore. You're hearing people, um, even in the conservative movement now, and churches that have betrayed these principles. How do you get the churches to even be in a position to where anybody wants to listen to them um, uh, and be able to start this over again? Well, Glenn, to be honest with you, it's going to take a revival among true believers. You know, the church of the 18th century that led up to the signing of the Declaration and the pivotal role that they played were birthed out of what we'd call a revival that swept through the colonies a couple of decades before that we call the First Great Awakening. Before that, the church was actually very decadent. Uh, They even had something called the halfway covenant, where they were so hungry for members, they would accept you as a member, even if you didn't claim faith in Christ or hadn't been baptized, uh, they'd just accept you as a member, hoping that that would come later. But then the, the, the First Great Awakening that we call it, swept through those colonies, and there was a revival of spiritual depth and commitment, and that's what produced the preachers that the British called the Black Regiment, and that, that I've written about in my book, and go around telling the story of, they came out of a renewal, and that's what has to happen today if, if we're going to see any real change. Dan, I, I saw, and maybe this is kind of what you're talking about in to some regard, um, you know, I've been reading a lot. People are trying to, say, you know, the religion is under attack. And while religion is under attack, it's not, we are not persecuted. Um, the persecuted are happening in Syria. Uh, the persecuted are happening in China. And the faith is growing in those places. And, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of wondered, you know, in Isaiah, it says, you know, I'll clean out my own house first. Um, yeah. his, he, there is a house cleaning going on right now. Um, but persecution, I, I, I'm not one voting for persecution, but I'm just saying <laughs> a, a, a little bit of persecution on our churches to where they have to decide, you know, do I believe in this enough to give up my tax benefits yeah. might be a good thing, you know, cause you'll no. separate, you'll separate the, the believers from the not, if you're willing to pay taxes on it. And and because you believe it, well, that, that's a little bit of persecution coming your way, and it, it might do a lot of good. Sure. Oh, I, I agree with you. you. Take an athlete. If an athlete did not work out, didn't run, didn't lift weights, and just sat around eating potato chips on the couch watching television, they would grow soft and flabby. That is what has happened to the American church. We have not exercised spiritual muscle. We've had it too easy. I'm like you. I, I certainly am not voting for persecution. But if you look in history, the early church in the book of Acts, they were persecuted mercilessly, but yet they were strong and committed. And in every other place where you 
just named, the church is flourishing, not only flourishing, flourishing in a way that, that we wouldn't define in America. We define flourish in America in the church world as church growth. How many people are in the seats? How much is coming in in the offering plate? They gauge growth by spiritual maturity, and that's a whole different standard, and that's a standard that God uses, and that's why he said, even Peter said it in First Peter 4, judgment will begin, God says, at my house. And of course, you're familiar with the Second Chronicles 7 passage where God says, if my people who are called by my name, God is not waiting on the unbelieving segment of a population in order to move. He's waiting on his people to get right with him, and then he moves. And if they don't get right, he doesn't. Um, do you believe that we are in the situation we're in um, today? And I don't mean just this election. Um, uh, because of the failures of the church and the faithful? Glenn, I completely believe it, and, and that's coming from one who's been preaching since he was 16. I was a full-time vocational pastor at the age of 23, and I'm now 57. So I'm speaking to you as one who has been in those ranks. It's the church's fault. I'm telling you, everything that is going on, and I'll go even a step further, Glenn, it's the pulpit's fault. Preachers, who have compromised in order to grow congregations and grow their budgets and all of those things. Barna did a study in 2014, you're probably familiar with it, where he mm-hmm. polled hundreds of pastors. 97% of them said that the Bible addresses all of the social ills that are going on in our culture. But almost the same number said they're not going to preach on those things. And when Barna drilled down into their answers, he found that the top two reasons that they weren't going to deal with those issues, coming from the preachers themselves, is they were afraid it would hurt their attendance and it would hurt the size of their offerings. It's very similar to what you hear from people that go to Washington. When they begin to compromise, they say, and I think this is the same attendance thing, I know when, when somebody in Washington has been lost, when they call me and say, hey, listen, I'm going to vote on this bill, but... I'm doing it because, look, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose this, this, and this, or I won't get this committee seat, and I, I, I write yeah. them off immediately. And it's, I think that's I the same thing. My tithings are going to go down, or I'm going to lose people in the seats, and, and if I'm not doing it, well, then, you know, who is going to be? It's much yeah. better to be sitting there with 100 people over 1,000 people if those 100 people are actually living it. Oh, that's exactly right. Glenn, I saw it happen in the in the Oklahoma House. We had a, a bill that I was running for the Speaker of the House and the pro tem of the Senate that was a response to the Obama transgender baffling issue. It was a very simple, not offensive response. Really, it wasn't as strong as I wanted it to be. But four Republicans on the committee flipped, tied the bill 10 to 10, and killed it effectively. And these are people that I guarantee you say in their common discussions that they stand for all of the right things. But when the chips are down and they're worried about self-interest or self-preservation, they fold. When, when I first got elected in 2012, my very first term where I didn't even know up from down, I had colleagues who were also freshmen already raising money for their reelection two years from then. This is a uh, this is a book and a DVD that you, that you have to see, especially for homeschooling uh, or churches. If you want to be a part of the solution, if you're just a if you're just 
a faithful person uh, and you want to be part of the solution, the, the name of it is Bringing Back the Black Robe Regiment. Uh, it's written by Dan Fisher. The uh, DVD is also available, uh, the uh, resonancemovement.com. Uh, is this, can you get this on Amazon and everything else? Do you know, Dan? You can, Glenn. I'll tell you the best place that they can go to to get it is, is my personal website, danfisherbrr.com, which BRR stands for Black Robe Regiment. That's the easiest way for them to get it. Okay. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a great book. It's, a great, it's not, a, it's not a, a video with a bunch of lectures on it. It's, um, it's cinematic <laughs> in its presentation and very, very well done. Um, and, Dan, I, you, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Glenn, and thank you for helping us to get this story out. Let me just say, if I may, the story of, the, of those preachers from the 18th century is immaterial unless we can transfer it to the 21st century. It's not what they did. It's why they did it, and it's the same thing we're facing today. We must step up and speak out. Do you think there's enough preachers that are brave enough to do this now? I mean, it's a pretty scary thing to look at losing all that you've built, and I will tell you, that it goes through your mind, if I'm not here, well, who will? And oh, I mean, I know. Is, is, are there enough people that, that you have met to be able to do this anymore, Dan? Glenn, Glenn, I think so. You know, if we go back to the Black Regiment, they were just a fraction of all the preachers. Now, they were a large group. It wasn't just a handful of rebel rousers. But still, they didn't represent the majority of preachers. God generally works with a remnant, and I'm not suggesting that we ought to always want a remnant, but a little in the hands of the Lord is a lot. And I do. I'm encountering, I spoke to over 400 pastors in Branson, Missouri last week doing my live presentation that I travel all over the country doing in period costume with actual flintlocks from the War of Independence. Those guys went berserk. Glenn, I do think it's kind of like the the, the 7,000 God said that he had kept from worshiping Baal in Elijah's day. I think there are people out there, but we've got to get the word out. Most people don't know the, the pivotal role that the Church played in our War of Independence. They're completely clueless. When they hear black-robed regiment, they think we're talking about judges. They don't, they don't even know who these men were, because we've dumbed down our education so much. But I do think that there are men out there. Now, you're right. When we start talking about the sacrifice that people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer made in World War II, or the, many of these black robe preachers, a good number of them, Glenn, were killed on the battlefield while trying to surrender. So there is a cost associated with it. There just is. Dan Fisher, uh, bring back the black robe regiment. Uh, Dan Fisher, BRR.com. Uh, Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate it. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. 
If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.